Hey everyone, welcome to episode 270 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm Tom Zalatni, and uh, we are still in our COVID-19 quarantine times, uh, which means I am alone in the studio today once again. But as always, I will not be alone in your ears, dear listener, because I will be calling a couple of friends today throughout the show. Uh, First up, you're going to hear a conversation with my very good friend, Sam Houghton. Uh, Sam was the drummer of Crackers and Jam, who used to be the band that did our theme music. But as you probably noticed about a minute ago, we have a new theme song. And uh, that new theme song is Crack Apart by the Honeythorns, which is the band that Sam is now the drummer of. I just ended that sentence with a preposition, and I'm so sorry. The entire time that I was saying the sentence, in the back of my head, I was like, don't end that with a preposition, and then I went ahead and did that. And for that, I'm deeply sorry. Um, Yeah, so I thought, you know, we've been using Crackers and Jam's Benson as our theme music for the past, like, three years, and I thought it would be nice to switch things up a little bit. And when the time came to pick a new song, I realized, well, you know, Sam has not been part of Crackers and Jam for most of the past few years because they broke up a little while after we started using their theme music. Um, So I thought, why not support Sam's new band, The Honeythorns? Um, So you're going to hear an interview that I recorded with him a little bit later in this episode uh, where we talk about our new theme music, Crack Apart, uh, and like the ways that we can find community through the hobbies and passions that we get into, um, including a little bit of info from the writer of the song, Erica, who uh, couldn't join us for the call, but sent Sam something to read in her place. Uh, So thank you, Erica. Thank you to the Honeythorns. And thank you to Sam for uh, being part of this. Hopefully you will get a lot out of that interview. I think I did. I've had a bit of a hellish week, if I can kind of open up before we get started. Um, We... Before I recorded the interview with Sam, uh, we had a very intense conversation that uh, we, being myself and my partner, had an intense conversation with our upstairs neighbor that led us to believe that our landlord was planning to kick everyone out and renovate the building. Um, So we, you know, were in a bit of a panic mode because we already weren't sure if we were going to be able to renew our lease. And this made us think most likely we won't. Uh, so I was kind of, you know, talking to Sam with that heavy cloud hanging over me. Um, and then between the interview with Sam and the second part of the show, which will be a conversation with my co-host Adrian Schoen calling in from Chicago, um, we found out that we actually do get to stay in our house and our landlord decided to let us renew the lease, which is really wonderful. Um, I'm guessing she decided that uh, not kicking out a family of four during a global pandemic feels better than being able to raise the rent after doing some renovations. That that math makes sense. Um, so yeah, so um, if I sound a little exhausted and stressed during the rest of this episode, that's why. Um, it's been a bit of a week. I'm feeling much better now, so don't, you know, worry about me. Um, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, Before we totally dive in, I do want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated on stolen land, specifically um, the unceded territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. Um, I think that as a settler, it's important, especially like when (laughs) I I know for me, I have been super stressed this entire week about like where I'm going to live. And like, that is a privilege to be stressed about if you think about it, because like... (laughs) There are people who don't really 
get to have any kind of say in where they live because other people stole their homes from them. Um, so as I was being, you know, pissed at my landlord for, you know, potentially kicking us out and then ultimately relieved that my landlord didn't kick us out, I couldn't help but think about the sort of hypocrisy of like even being concerned about that while living on stolen land and like yeah so i just want to encourage you no matter what you're up to in life uh to take a little bit of time today and every day to think about the like ways that you interact with that uh to think about the indigenous peoples of the land where you live and the ways that whether you're conscious of it or just sort of a you know passive member of a crappy social order uh you may or may not be contributing to all of that and um if you're in a position where you can make change do and if you're not maybe still reach out and see if there's anything you can do on a smaller scale because it it counts you know everything counts and everything is helpful um there's a decent chance that your indigenous neighbors are having maybe even a harder time than you with all of the pandemic stuff so like yeah see what you can do to help out. Um, I do also want to encourage you to donate to your local food banks because I think a lot of those end up helping a lot of people on a really wide scale. Um, And most likely that is, you know, if you have a couple extra bucks lying around, that's probably the most like helpful way to distribute that like at large. Like food banks can usually use a few dollars in a way that like, an average person going to the grocery store just can't use that few dollars to the same effect. Um, and it'll make a really big difference in your local community. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, that is an important thing to pay attention to because we're all in this together, especially while the world feels like it's falling apart. Um, my last announcement before I get into my interview with Sam Houghton is, uh, please do not inject any kind of, um, household cleaning products into your bodies. Uh, I, I feel like it's, absolutely fucking ridiculous that this is something that has to be said but um don't don't drink bleach don't inject you know windex into your veins because the president of the united states told you it might be a good idea don't don't do that that man has no idea what a good idea is (sighs) it's been a week guys it's been a frustrating week here without further ado is my conversation with sam hotton the drummer of the honeythorns formerly the drummer of crackers and jam sam hotton Welcome back. Thomas, uh, thanks a lot, Tom. Uh, pleased to be here on uh, the Up for Discussion podcast. Hello to all your your fine listeners. I'm sure they uh, they appreciate the acknowledgement and the hello. Um, <laughs> so, Sam, you, uh, you have kind of been on uh, every episode of Up for Discussion for the past 150 episodes, more <laughs> or less. Uh, well, yeah, at least my um, me hitting hitting some things, right? Yeah. You're you're the guy that we use to to record a sound effect of hitting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they called me in high school. <laughs> um, but for listeners who haven't picked up on the joke yet, Sam was the drummer of Crackers and Jam. Yes, back when Crackers and Jam did things. Yes, uh, R.I.P. Crackers and Jam. But uh, yeah, and now now you're the drummer for the Honeythorns. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm. Yes, the drummer for Honeythorns is the band I currently uh, hit things for. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, well, not presently, presently, because because uh, of, uh, you know, the, the plague going on. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in that band, I, oh, I should figure out how long I've been in Honeythorns. But I think it's been probably three years now, actually. Okay. 
maybe two and a half, three years. That's wild. That's longer than, uh, like, we've been using Benson as our theme music for almost three years now. Right. So you've been right. with Honeythorn since around the time that we started using Benson as our theme music. That, yeah, that seems to make sense. Yeah, or like a bit later, maybe. Mm. And, um, yeah, because Benson came out. Anyway, I won't figure I'll. <laughs> figure that out at some point but yeah well there was some overlap between the two bands that happens yeah for sure yeah. i mean it's not like uh you know i was cheating on crackers is is a very it's, it's an open relationship you know yeah totally yeah <laughs> but, uh, that's and also um you know you know julian rice he's um the violinist mm-hmm. and mandolinist for um crackers and also for honeythorns so basically the genesis of honeythorns was um Erica, who is the lead singer of Honeythorns, uh, would, would was a very big fan of Crackers and would come to our shows, and uh, we kind of hit it off. And she does some really cool art and did a, a kind of um, drawing of Crackers, which we all were pretty fond of. And also, yeah, and then you know, me and me and Julian figured out that she also writes really good music, and we kind of, um, I think, me and Julian Rice are the two members of former members of Crackers who um, were most into kind of, uh, let's say, like 90s grunge and psychedelic stuff. Sure, yeah. So um, it was just kind of a natural fit because that's what she wanted to play. She writes very much. Uh, I guess people will by now have heard the song. Right. Right. We're in the episode right now in which the song is. So I I guess most people will hear kind of those elements, right? Right, totally. And, um, so it's a good, um, it's a good little uh, offshoot, and yeah, it's been um, it's been a good, good, uh, good time. And the other Sweet. member of the band is um, uh, Mr. Kyle Lapointe, and uh, he is um, very cool bassist, and uh, he's, his stage name is Crazy Kyle, and uh, yeah. So like, so, is he crazier than Jeeb? Oh, then uh, Joseph Blay of Crackers and Jam. Yeah, I, I think there are two different. Uh, flavors of of uh, crazy. Okay. Okay. Um, I think maybe I'd say crazy Kyle is more of a Dr Pepper flavored crazy. Sure. Jeep is maybe like uh, you know Crystal Pepsi. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's weird to me that I kind of get what you mean. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm very privileged to have worked with um, two incredibly talented bassists mm. yeah sweet two, two incredibly crazy bassists <laughs> yeah cool yeah well we um i wanted to get you on this episode partly because i miss your voice and your face although we're not seeing your face because we aren't doing a video call um <laughs> and partly because uh we decided that we're switching things up a little bit with the show now and uh since we're in a new era and it's been you know years that we've been using the same theme music i thought why not change our theme music after almost three years of using the exact same one um which you know we'll see how people react to it uh <laughs> if, maybe people will be like bring back benson uh to which i will say no uh i suspect people will go this is groovy i like this um yeah. but uh yeah i thought it was time to sort of play around and uh make some changes you know i figured everything else in the world is unstable why not throw a little more instability into the mix <laughs> Yeah, I think compared with Benson, this song, Crack Apart, is um, 
slightly more unstable. <laughs> sure. But interestingly, like it, it also, I think has more of a, uh, like, well, I mean, obviously slightly more of a message, um, and, mm-hmm. and fits a little bit better with the theme of our show. Right. Right. Yes. Crack apart. Just sort of opening up and, and, and sharing the things that are in our hearts or, you know, something yeah. something beautiful like that <laughs> all that nonsense <laughs> i'm i'm tired today i don't know if you can hear it in my voice i've had uh this is my fourth phone call of the day and one of them was to the regie de logement de quebec i hope to be i hope to be a bit more entertaining than the regie but i think yeah. you will the person i spoke to you know answered my questions quickly and was very straightforward which wasn't you know interesting so i think you've already got them beat you also didn't make me wait you know, six and a half minutes through a French message before hearing the English message. So, no, that's what I can promise my friends. You know, no lengthy uh, French preamble before speaking. Um, so, let's talk a little bit more about Crack Apart before we get to our Patreon question for the episode. Um, you said Erica sent you like a message with some info about what the song means to her. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, Erica's our, our principal songwriter. And um, well, yes, our principal songwriter is mm. a good way to describe. It. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I think at three p.m. she she wrote me. Well, I asked her a bit earlier, you know, anything you could tell me about what crack part is about because I didn't write the song. <laughs> and uh, at three p.m., which is when we <laughs> were set to call, she sent me this message. Uh, so it's it's a little long, but that's maybe, okay. Maybe listeners will be interested. I I, I always find her kind of. Uh, uh, reasoning behind her song is very interesting because it tends to be like the opposite of what the, I think the song is about. Okay, cool. Oh, it's always nice. I like. Um, uh, I really like hearing people talk about the like creative process. I guess so. I'm uh, I'm excited to hear you know what this is. Yeah. Yes. So there are no periods in this entire paragraph. Okay. Uh, I but... want you to read it as such. <laughs> but this, this this is also kind of how she uh, she talks, so I think it's, it's accurate. <laughs> so I'll try to I'll take a deep breath and I'll I'll try to get get as far as I can. I believe so, in you. So, so Erica says, uh, in regards to crack part, she says, "Yeah, it's about when someone is in a lot of pain because they have had some shitty experiences in life and they are used to it, so they think it is normal to always be in pain and to live life in a self-destructive way, but then they meet someone." And, someone who wants them to open up and tell them everything about their past and to just and to just trust that person who is treating them well and showing them love so that somehow by quote falling apart letting go of their ego defenses and letting themselves crack apart be listened to with caring and empathy that person can then through this process start to understand they don't have to suffer that sometimes you need to completely break down and fall apart and trust that person who is being kind to you Somehow that person can finally heal and not keep inflicting pain on themselves through self-destructive behavior, period. That being in psychic pain all the time isn't something you have to accept as a normal part of life. That it's basically healing from PTSD, classic psychology, I guess, the concept of falling apart, shedding the ego, and breaking down Humpty Dumpty. You know, being finally finally clumped back together again. It's a message of hope this world is cruel or not. We are cruel to ourselves sometimes. <laughs> I love that. And then she says, oh, there's another one. Or you could just take it literally, which is, it's a song about a demon collector who enjoys bludgeoning people, who eats hearts and demons, a demon cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely that that second one, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. 
So open to interpretation, I guess. Oh. Two, ma- two major lines of theory, but you know. I uh, I like that a lot. Thank you, Erica, and thank you, Sam, for delivering it. Um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, it was great. I was I was getting I was pretty moved about halfway through that. Yeah, I think um I I think our listeners probably get this uh on a deep level because I think the thing that the thing the feedback that we've gotten the most over years over the years about what resonates with people is mm-hmm. the episodes where we are like painfully honest about the ways that we're broken as people and the things that we're like struggling with and the things that are hard for us and the things that like you know break our hearts and make us sad and and make us wonder about you know what we're doing in life and why we're here and I think um that was why when I when I first pinged you about you know using a Honeythorn song for our new theme music you sent me a couple different ones and there was one that you said like was like the most Benson-esque and I think it wasn't this one if memory serves it was a different one but then you sent me this one and I listened to it and was like oh this is this is what we need this is what our show is right okay yeah no I think once I sent Crack Apart I was like okay yeah that's actually the one right oh no you did say Crack Apart was the most Benson-esque actually oh I mean it's the most Benson-esque just in terms of um, it's very like it's also just very like um, straight ahead, like rock and roll beat. Sure, yeah. That that's all I meant. So that yeah. that was just like you know, it's got continuity in the sense that it won't change the kind of emotional inlet to the show, if you know what I mean. Sure, right? yeah. I, Whereas like nature and stuff is like kind of more of a like a six eight feel and maybe <laughs> <a bit. laughs> throw people off a bit more, maybe. Sure, yeah. Well, either way, I think it uh, I think it works really well and. Uh... I think it it serves as a bit more of a reminder of like what our goal is here on the show, which is to like plumb the depths of of vulnerability in everything that we talk about, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. I, I and I really enjoy playing that song too. Um, very like cathartic kind of song. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> that's always that's always good to hear. You know, when there's like <laughs> like songs that like feel good for the people playing them and for the people listening yeah i think that's very important all, all you songwriters all out there think about your rhythm section and how much fun they will have playing this very very important yeah absolutely <laughs> um, so so this is maybe an interesting um we we have a patreon question in our episodes as always and uh the question that we're exploring this week is from kendalyn who asks has there been a hobby that you found that's come with a surprisingly fun or positive community um, she adds, when I started playing D&D, I found so many people that share my interests and have led me down a much better path than most of my other hobbies. Mm. So, like, I feel like kind of, like, the obvious one is yeah. music, right? Like, performance has such a... There's there's such a built-in community aspect to that, but it, it's not always positive, right? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, music has been definitely, like... I mean, it's it's hard to even think of it as a hobby for me, just because, like now, for most of my late teens and twenties now, I'm now in my late twenties, right? And uh, <laughs> for most of that period, I've just been in bands, kind of now. So it it almost just feels like this is like it's almost congruent with my social life to right. a certain extent, and uh, and like most of the people I meet outside of like academia which is basically the other thing i do right. uh are are musicians 
But I, it's funny when you were saying that. Like, I think my my newest hobby mm. and one that's kind of almost opened up a social world is actually, I don't know if you know this, but uh, actually you probably do know this. Um, like for the past year, I've been really into chess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. We have played chess together. Yes, it's true. Yeah, we have played together. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I, I think I was, I was, you know, as people who have played chess know, it's very like, um, it's easy to get vain about it because it feels really bad when you lose. Sure. And, uh, so, uh, um, I've been pretty. I, I've been very bad at it for for a long time. Which yeah, I mean, that's anything, right? Mm. Uh, and then now I'm just starting to get like you know like relatively passable at it. <laughs> right. And I think right before coronavirus started, I was like, okay, I'm ready to like go to actually like start to meet people in real life and play them, like people who actually enjoy playing chess. Right. And unfortunately, that's uh, uh, not been the case. Right. But there are. Like, kind of online communities but you know it's kind of a different experience yeah i know for sure i mean it's that's been that's been such a challenging thing about this period right is like you can't have in-person community anymore yeah <laughs> and so like everything does kind of get pushed to online um which interestingly like i want to kind of touch on kendallin's point about dungeons and dragons like right. i played D D the last time that I played D and D before starting to play for my other show, Natural Toonie, was when you and I were living together uh, in like 2013, maybe. Um, sure. And with some of the same people that I work with on Natural Toonie, but the, you know, just in a more casual way. And I remember <laughs> when I first started playing, it really did feel like a new community that I was being opened up to. Right, like this mm-hmm. this community of people who want to play a game together but also tell a story in a collaborative way and uh that i think is something that songwriting shares too right like when you're when you're in a band with people when you're writing a song together sure maybe one person will write the lyrics but as soon as everyone else is brought in on that creative process and is like figuring out what the song is going to sound like you're all working together to tell a story right right and like that i think has been huge for me because i I have done songwriting in the past as well, right? Like I studied that, I think also while we were living together and um, I, you know, did improv comedy and like at the end of the day, the thing that stuck with me the most out of all of those is this like communal creation. Right. Yeah. And then just navigating and, and it's like, it's a difficult thing to do at first. And I think that the more you kind of get um, involved in, um, kind of different creative communities Mm. kind of it kind of opens up your um like concept of what art is first of all but it also like kind of gets you used to um really communicating with people and actually working together rather than this kind of um what can often happen i think in bad kind of uh artistic communities Mm. it could be this kind of like struggle for domination over what's happening in story or whatever right and i think i think it really like it's really important to kind of actually even for people who don't really consider themselves let's say artists or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but i mean you know everyone's an artist yeah. uh, <laughs> uh but people who don't self-identify i guess as artists right i think it's an important skill to really learn how to um, collaborate in a way that's meaningfully working towards something not uh, just you know, getting your own, your own vision on the page as it were. Right. Totally. I mean, I think it's, uh, 
it's this is kind of a a nail I've been hitting on the head for for years now at this point like kind of my entire like online media career I've always <laughs> kind of firmly believed and tried to put it out there as much as possible that like the most valuable thing that we can do as human beings is collaborate with each other to like right make things better uh and like not just on a creative level right but on a problem solving level and on a like societal sure. level um and i think that yeah you're absolutely right that the more the more you put yourself in situations that kind of artificially create that that need for that kind of work the better you get at like dealing with that same mm -hmm. thing in day-to-day -day life you know if you take an improv class that teaches you how to listen and respond better that directly influences how you listen and respond in your conversations in your personal life too, right? Like yeah. learning how to collaborate and learning how to share space and to share creation makes you a better person. <laughs> no, yeah. I think, I think like on a certain definition of better person in the sense of like more capable of personing and being <laughs> personal. Uh, I think totally that's true. And yeah. And it's it's funny as you were talking about improv. I do you remember in elementary, uh, we had Louise Standrowski come in to do like drama. No, I think I I must not have taken that at a. Was that in like a after school program or something? Oh, it was probably yeah. It was definitely like an after school thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, but you know what? I do. This is interesting. I totally remember this person you're talking about i totally remember this being a thing i have no memory of being part of it right yeah she she's hannah and charlotte's mom yeah sorry but uh <laughs> yeah she, she was really nice and she also lived on my street so mm. uh, she, i think she babysat me at some point like, <laughs> but uh she, she she did like i i was just thinking like this is one of those things where i haven't like thought about this in about 10 years right uh, she did like a little drama class probably in the after school thing hmm. and we did uh I, th I think there was like one day of improv or something okay and and you know she really taught us like you know the basics about um like what do you, what's the kind of term for it like not uh, always always say no to everything people say and shut their, yeah. their ideas <laughs> <laughs> oh just, yeah the yes and thing that's it that's right it. so and i remember being like as a kid, like, oh, this seems so like silly, you know what I mean? But it's actually like, you know, it's as you know, it's it's harder than you think. And also I feel like that's like implicitly or explicitly kind of influenced like I often do think of that implicitly, I think. Like when I when I'm just talking to people hmm. about whatever's going on. It doesn't have to be like this uh comedic setting, but right. people are kind of you know when you can kind of tell that people are they have something that they want to kind of convey to you, but they're not like ready to say it. Like it's, I find like that skill comes through when you could kind of uh, motivate someone to go deeper into what they're talking about. Cause I find that often in communication, people will kind of throw out these little like hints that they want to talk about something and, you know, never outright say it. Yeah. And, and sometimes that could be like, you know, there's ver something very important to be said especially obviously in in like um romantic relationships right mm -hmm. anyway no yeah I, I totally like i think um the sort of two most useful pieces of 
teaching I've ever gotten in my life on like how to do interpersonal relationships would be yeah like the improv thing of listen to what they're saying try to listen to what they're really saying and then to the best of your ability you know go along with it right um whatever that looks like sometimes you have to go along with it by being like oh that's kind of toxic hang on let's address that but you know (laughs) most of the time it just means listening and going like oh okay yeah what what do you mean by that or this is what i think you mean by that and like you know doing it in a productive way right um and the other one is uh I had a phys ed teacher who, um, so my high school was weird. It had a course called leadership gym that was essentially four extra periods of phys ed per nine day cycle. Um, so like three times as much gym as normal students would get basically. Um, except that the extra periods of gym were also with a focus toward like leadership training skills. So things like public speaking and event planning and like running games and like, putting together a lesson plan and it it was essentially like you know for anyone who might want to be a camp counselor for the rest of their life you should take this class um and it was it was interesting because one of the first few classes we had there that didn't take place in the gym and instead took place in a classroom the teacher jeff casso sat us down and was like you want to make people feel like you're listening to you when they're talking to you the best way to do it is to listen to them but if you want to sort of create that that dynamic where they will feel listened to and you will feel like your body is engaged with what they're saying so that it's like both of you will feel like there's more listening happening than there might actually be um it's to lean in right maintain eye contact have yourself physically kind of like toward what the person is saying and like nod and like you know think about what they're saying as they're saying it because if you break that eye contact you're not going to be as focused if you lean back they're not going to think you're as invested in it right and so there's all these little things that we can do to (laughs) trick ourselves into be being better at listening to people and at the end of the day i think that's what creates a meaningful relationship is is listening for sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that's true yeah i was thinking about because i'm actually like pretty I think maybe with like my closer friends, I'm I'm better at it. But I'm actually like pretty bad at maintaining eye contact with uh, with people sure. <laughs> in general, <laughs> especially people either that I've just met or especially like like people in authority positions. Like I just don't <laughs> like <people laughs> right, <laughs> and I think it like adds to like a, a negative dynamic with especially with authority figures. Right. I was just thinking about that the other day. Because it's like, oh, uh, yes, people with authority tend to think that if you're not looking at them in the eye that you're being shifty. And uh, and really, it's mostly that it's very intense for me, like, emotionally to, like, look someone in the eyes. So it's like, sure. sometimes it's like I'm not really uh, ready for that level of intimacy with, like, a, a mall security guard or something. Right. And, uh, you know, and I don't know. I think that, you know, I, I think it does... Um, tend to contribute to like sometimes people think that I'm not listening so I have to come through with like some really um <laughs> actually like insightful things to kind of get people to realize that or like to let people know that I'm actually listening and not totally ignoring them because sometimes my eyes will wander sure anyway. yeah I think I think for what it's worth like I wouldn't be too hard on myself about that in your situation like I think 
it is normal to feel some anxiety around like maintaining eye contact with people, especially people you don't know, like just cause it's something that we're not taught to do really. Um, sure. and like, I, I also think that there's something really valid to like, sometimes it is hard to focus on one spot for a long period of time. Right. Like, I think you can show someone that you're listening without necessarily staring them dead in the eye the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you know, there's an engagement thing. There's, you know, a a trick that I do is if I'm having trouble maintaining eye contact, I make sure to like, look at them like, every like 15, 20 seconds or so just to like, (laughs) remind them like, I am here. (laughs) I am, I am connected. I'm just, you know. Yeah, yeah. I try to do that too. But I feel like my like timing is always off. So it like, looking like I'm like, really like, You know, I'm really, I've been very provoked by something that they just said when all they said was like, you know, I had like two cups of coffee today or something. Right. And then you're judging <laughs> them for having two cups of I'm coffee. Them, I'm like, what? Like, oh, no, I don't usually drink like that much coffee. I'm like, no, two cups of coffee is a normal amount of coffee. Yeah. Like, don't worry. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally get that. I think you're good. Yeah. Oh man, cool. Well, Sam, thank you so much for calling in. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. I always love a good chat with my my best bud. Yes, my best my best bud, my best Tommy, my best uh, boy. Maybe before before I go, I should more actively plug um, Honey Thorns just a little bit. Please just, do. Yeah. So um, the name of so yeah, you could find us pretty easily. I think if you Google um, Honey Thorns Bandcamp with all both of our EPs and our singles are up there so if 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 you listener fair listener uh, enjoyed what you heard at the beginning of this episode we would really appreciate any kind of form of support whether that be listening or perhaps even buying one of the albums if you if you really find it it's uh something you you like and want to listen to repeatedly it's always good to support artists and uh yeah we'd love to have you as a fan obviously and someday when coronavirus is over we'll have shows and those are always very fun and we like to kind of jam out and stuff so yeah yeah I look forward to uh, a a thing that I've been feeling really powerfully during this quarantine is like I took I took for granted being able to go see people perform you know yeah exactly because I really didn't enough (laughs) like I I saw crackers twice (laughs) in like the five years that you guys were performing regularly (laughs) for sure yeah yeah you you you're a very busy person but yeah like i think that's um that's pretty standard like that's still that's still more than many of my friends sure but but the my my feeling is like i love seeing people perform but i'm just so bad at getting myself out of the house that now i feel like as soon as we're able to leave the house again i'm gonna be like much more motivated to actually see people perform because i'm realizing i miss leaving the house it's it's weird yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Um, I'm also curious about because so many people are saying this kind of thing, and I'm curious about how long it will actually last. For it. Not, sure. Yeah. My, my pessimistic like hypothesis is it will not last. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, probably not. Yeah. I think people like when they're in a state of deprivation, they overestimate how much they actually will care about that thing. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's totally true. I think I think for the first like month or two after quarantine, 
venues will be sold out all the time and then it'll go right back to where it was before yeah exactly yeah yeah Uh, like maybe i I mean also the the other thing is that um musicians are all indoors like just practicing all the time so like it's gonna be so good it's actually gonna be significantly better for a period so (laughs) i'd say that yeah i'd I'd plug local music in general like after (laughs) this is over i think that we're gonna see a lot of good uh, practice being put in and stuff like that yeah i think so i think uh i hate trying to think of any bright side to the quarantine but i do think that there's going to be a a pretty we're going to get some pretty dope art out of it yeah some pretty dope art like a little a little baby boom yep god i have had so many friends post that they're pregnant with in the past couple of weeks and i'm just sort of like (laughs) you know honestly though like good on them because we had toby in early november and like yeah having a having an excuse to not have to leave the house in Montreal in the winter is wonderful. And having people bring you a bunch of frozen food that you can heat up and not have to cook in the winter. Also wonderful. Very, very cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Highly recommend getting pregnant around March or April. So okay, I'll, I'll try to remember that when I about getting pregnant, work on that, Sam, work on that. <laughs> yeah. The thing is for me is that like, I actually just found a, like a damn space right oh, before nice. coronavirus happened so that was the other thing oh yeah so, so now i just have a bunch of drums in my room yeah. well at least we got a bunch of drums in your room yeah exactly <laughs> cool well i'll let you get going i uh i am gonna go look at an apartment oh right yes yeah. okay it's uh it's around the corner from the pizza place that you and i used to walk to at two o'clock in the morning back in high school oh nice so that's Bell kind it. of that's kind of fun nice yeah. shout out to Bellet. yeah that's- best fucking pizza we'll we'll see if it works out um anyway thank you sam this has been really nice thanks so much tom love you love you too thanks to to all your listeners etc etc we'll talk to you soon (laughs) talk to you soon this episode is brought to you in part by chaos if you've been listening to the show for a while you've definitely heard us talk about chaos they're cinema grade cameras lighting packages event hosting they're really great They're a full-scale production company based out of Montreal and also based out of Kelowna, BC. Uh, And I guess geographical placement doesn't matter a whole lot during a quarantine, but being online also helps, and they are definitely that. So if you are someone who has any need for any kind of production services, you should definitely check out Chaos. Right now, they have a social media service that they're trying to promote, um, where for a limited time only, they're trying to offer it at a lower rate so that they can help out with some case studies, publicly test out how effective their social media packages are, and tweak them to make them even better going forward. Um, So if you want to get 70 to 80% off a full-scale social media service, from a reputable company who does this kind of shit all the time and is really, really great. Uh, I would highly recommend going to createchaos.com or hitting them up on Instagram at createchaos to find out more. That's chaos with a K. I can personally vouch uh, George Poppy, the guy who runs chaos, is a really good friend of mine and is like one of the hardest working, most dedicated, smartest, like best at problem solving people that I have ever met. Um, And like... Yeah, I I think that if you have any kind of production issues, you should definitely go to Chaos for them. Um, They are just, yeah, God. George is just a pleasure to work with, honestly. And, like, their services are really good. So check it out, createchaos.com or createchaos on Instagram to find out more. That's Chaos, once again, with a K.
Welcome to The Cash Corner, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. Right now, during this global pandemic, we're feeling kind of weird about asking people to give us money because the reality is, for a lot of people, that's just super not an option right now, right? Like, you might have had your job affected, you might have lost some clients. Those are basically the same thing for a freelancer. Um, either way, there's a pretty good chance that you are not in a like fantastic financial situation right now, and we understand that. So don't feel like you have to give us money. That's the <laughs> that's the sort of like, you know, the the main thesis here is like don't ever feel obligated to throw money behind the projects that you're enjoying like we make the show we put it out for free for a reason if we wanted to only ever get paid for it it wouldn't be available for free so don't feel bad about it um in, if you do want to support us uh financially obviously we're gonna you know let you do that because the reality is like we do need the money um but don't feel like you have to <laughs> and if you can't have if you can't have to i'm tired today guys uh if you can't support us financially but do want to support us in a way anyway the best way to do that is to share the episode with a friend to promote it on social media to leave us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice um just to say hi to us and let us know that you're listening um i know that when i get like comments or messages from people who listen to the show regularly telling me how much they like what we're doing it's always a big like lift for me in the soul area um so if you want to you know lift me in the soul (laughs) that's that's what i'm going with guys if you want to lift me in the soul uh let us know that you're listening it means a lot um of course if you do want to throw money at us we're not going to stop you and you can pledge as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash up for discussion to do that um at which point you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. You'll get early access to bonus content, behind-the-scenes updates with every single post that goes out, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. So head over to patreon.com slash up for discussion if you want to do that. Once again, if you can't afford to do that, absolutely fine. Find another way to support us. Just say hi. Share the episode. We love you. Here's Adrian Schoen. Hey. Hey, how you doing? All right. Sorry about that. No worries. No worries. The people at home have no idea what you're apologizing for, so <laughs> <laughs> don't even worry about it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what uh, time of day it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I am, for what it's worth, I'm also a mess today, so I, I think I'm right there with you. Um, I was, uh, I just spent um okay so 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 full transparency we were supposed to talk about 15 minutes ago you didn't know what time it was and missed that um and i fine with that because i was like okay well whatever while i wait for adrian i'll like record all the ad copy and everything that i like need to record solo anyway so i might as well you know use that time and uh i didn't hit record (laughs) so (laughs) fuck me i guess Alright, so everybody's everybody's a little disheveled. That's good. Yeah. Well we um actually so so people are gonna hear an interview that I already recorded with Sam Houghton, the drummer of the Honeythorns and former drummer of Crackers and Jam. Um huh. and uh during that I think I do mention that I'm like looking for an apartment and like have to find a new place to live because we're pretty sure that our landlord is like trying to evict us so she can renovate. Um and actually, uh, a couple hours ago, I spoke to her on the phone, and she was like, yeah, so uh, we're going to give you a new lease. I'll bring it by in the next couple of days. 
and uh, it's just been an emotional roller coaster roller coaster the past <laughs> couple of days because uh, I really didn't think that was what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys were really uh, scrambling, and I, I was glad to see on uh, on Facebook that you guys posted that. Uh, no, everything's fine. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's been it's been a hell of a week, and uh, I'm so tired and so drained emotionally and physically. Um, so I I completely understand uh, having time trouble right now because I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean I can't say that there's anything dramatic uh, uh, going on. I mean it's quite the opposite. I just I'm unable to accomplish anything useful. Um, <laughs> I, I just take a, a long uh, bath uh, every evening, which is what I just, I got like at six o'clock. I was like, yep, it's time to take my super long uh, nonsense bath. And then I realized at like 6.15, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like, the thing I was supposed to do. Well, it's okay. We have, uh, we'll, we have time, so it's, uh, it's not a problem at all. I don't know when I'm going to record all those ads now. I'm, I'm going to have to just do that shit tomorrow, I guess. So mad at myself. Wow. I like... I was sitting there like thoughtfully like doing my my land acknowledgement and then uh, I looked over at the computer screen and I was like well that's just between me and the room I guess <laughs> and now I know now I know that when I go back to like re-record all of that later all that's going to come out of my mouth is nothing <laughs> I'm going to go welcome to the episode I'm Tom here's Adrian <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, yeah, <laughs> I can't argue with that. It's uh, like I've been, uh, you know, it, it's the craziest thing. Like, I I got down here and you know everything was on shutdown, lockdown, down, and I've I've been you know, kind of just stuck inside for the last you know month or you know how mm -hmm. long. And um, and and the one hand, this is like a really great time because I'm I'm uh, not great time, but uh, you know like <laughs> the timing. Um, it is a little bit fortuitous for me in the way that I, I'm working remotely, but I don't actually have a lot of work to do right now, and I need to like update my portfolio so I can send it out for, for jobs and stuff, mm -hmm. and I'm doing none of the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's it's one of those times where like if you're waking up and, and feeding yourself and staying alive, you're doing something, right? That's what people keep telling me. I, I'll tell you, though, I, I'm getting pretty good at juggling. <laughs> juggling your responsibilities uh, or juggling, like, balls? No, balls. I just there's, My dad has these, like, juggling balls on his coffee table, and I keep picking them up and uh, uh, practicing. So I think by the end of this, I'll be able to juggle. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I stretch a lot. I'm getting very limber. Hey, um, you know, yeah, that's something. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is something. Um, uh, yeah, it's none of the things I need to be doing, but it's uh, something. It's something. Just lie to yourself and tell yourself that becoming more flexible will uh, advance your career in the post quarantine times. You know what? I hope not, because <laughs> I can only think of a limited number of ways that that could help me in my career, and I really don't want to go down that route. You don't want to get back into teaching swing dancing? Uh, it wasn't what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. Um, so let's get to the meat the meat and potatoes of this episode, the, the f steak frite of Up for Discussion, our wonderful question from our wonderful patron. Uh, 
our featured Patreon question even, uh, which this week comes from Kendallin, who asks, <laughs> did you like that pause that I put in there for no reason? <laughs> That's how you can tell I'm tired. This week's featured Patreon question comes from Kendallin, who says, has there been a new hobby that you've found has come with a surprisingly fun or positive community? She adds, in becoming a D&D player, I've found so many people that share my interests and have led me down a much better path than most of my other hobbies. Yeah, you know what? I played D&D recently for the first time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I... I already knew those people, so it, it, it hasn't opened up a community. I love this question, by the way. This is just a sidetrack. But I could see how <laughs> it's... Um, it would be like a really nice, supportive community because mm -hmm. it's, it's an activity that's not really centered around like drinking or um competitiveness or you know like it, it's a really um collaborative uh kind of kind of wholesome you know kind of fun activity so i could yeah. see that really having a, a really nice community with it totally it's it's funny because like you say D D is not like centered around drinking but i know a lot of people who only play D D while drinking <laughs> It could be for yeah. sure. Um, I, I certainly was. I, <laughs> I will say that game is too long. I played it for like eight hours over oh. Skype, and I was like, "This is too long." That's, no, <laughs> I like as someone who produces a D and D podcast. I um, there's a reason our episodes are short. Like we keep them, mm -hmm. we keep the recording session to like ninety minutes, roughly. Um, because then I can edit it down to like an hour of digestible content. Um, but like you can't, you know, I, I think when I was first playing D&D back in college, I was able to play for like four or five hours at a time without feeling burnt out. But now I'm mm -hmm. like, I can't even watch like Guy Fieri for four or five hours without feeling burnt <laughs> out. And that's a much less involved thing than playing Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. Yeah. Like I, I found that, um, there were parts of the game that I really, really enjoyed. I found the fighting to be kind of um, laborious. Sure. Like, I find that that like I think it's the least interesting part of the game. Mm. Um, they they could just cut that down. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's it's I'm sure it's the reason a lot of people play it. But I I, I found that part to be exceedingly boring. <laughs> I think like yeah, it's tricky because I I get that. I do think that the fighting is the least interesting part for me a lot of the time. But I still enjoy it. You know, yeah. like I'm not quite there. But I think I also have been steeped in it for a lot longer. Yeah. I can see how for a first time player it would be like oh, let's just get back to the fun stuff. I want to like solve puzzles and you know talk to sexy yeah, yeah, elves. Yeah. Totally, and and we had kind of found you know the meta game because of course improvisers. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, like our meta game was that one of our our uh, party, like we were trying to get him like a date okay. <laughs> with the NPCs, and uh, so we kept like trying to talk him up or give him advice. And every single time he would do the same thing, which was go into a speech about how great he was and where he was born and. Like, <laughs> <laughs> amazing it was really really fun yeah um, but, yeah, no, but that's like, it like i feel like D D. like yeah i mean you know you just played D D for the first time right you were just saying yeah like and we just had a like five minute conversation about silly things about D D, right i feel like yeah. that that is so indicative of a thing that like you know if you get into it you immediately have sort of a like built-in language that you can talk to other people who are into it with right and I think mm -hmm. that gets to something in Kendallin's question of like there are like 
I, I think like every hobby has a community attached to it in some way or another. But I think that the thing with with Dungeons and Dragons that is so cool is that like there's a collaborative element to it that's built in, right? Mm-hmm. And and you touched on that a little bit when you said, you know, you were playing with a bunch of improv people, because I think improv is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Just, there's I, I, just and, less math. Yeah, and I, this is kind of interesting as well, because I, I was just thinking about that with, like, um, you know, like improv or, you know, the swing dancing community, which I, I was certainly involved in, and the parkour community, like... I, I think all of those have a progression to them because you're learning something and it creates a little bit of a, a politic um, layer on it where, mm-hmm. you know, people who are better at it uh, kind of click together because they've known each other a long time mm-hmm. and then the people who are newer feel excluded and, and there's kind of divisiveness. So, like, I think those communities, when they're at their best, are very encouraging that um, and supporting people to get better and, mm-hmm. and to improve and and uh, really congratulate uh, each other as, as they kind of get um, better but uh, that doesn't always happen but like right. I think because D&D doesn't really you know it, it's not like um, you know there's a community of like elite players and, and then you know these people on the bottom it's a little bit exclusive because it is impossible to get started sure. it was the, the worst part of that was setting up the character <laughs> Oh my god, it's so boring. Um, <laughs> I think like I it's interesting that you say that there's not that sort of like um like built-in level like level system of players or whatever because I think there is, but I think that you won't get invited as a first-time player to play with people who are like that, you know? Like yeah. like there's definitely people who are like so experienced with Dungeons and Dragons that the idea of playing with a newbie is like exhausting to them and not something they'll even entertain. Um, But like, they're not the people who are going to invite you to play to begin with. So like, you're going to get to play with people who are like open to playing with a newbie. Whereas like, yeah, like something like improv that has sort of a built-in level system, but everyone is kind of like still exposed to each other that you are going to feel that a little bit more, right? You're going to feel that hierarchy in a way that you don't with like a game that you have to be invited into someone's basement to play. Yeah. Yeah. I think cause you don't, there's a, an element where it's not as like public or there's not as many kind of random people put together. Right. Uh, like, like those other things. Like if you take a class somewhere, it's going to be, you know, like a bunch of strangers coming together. Whereas D and D like you really kind of have to be in the know or, or know, you know, like a group of people who are doing it. It's unlikely you're going to just, be in a room with a bunch of D and D people and be like, "I'm joining a game," you know, like it's. Um, so they're they're a little bit more isolated to begin with. Yeah, but I, I find like um, parkour is interesting because I mean, it's I mean, there are like classes and there are people who are better in things, but mm. there's not like, um, you know, uh, it, it's very individual, right? So you're not like um, collaborating in a way that you're bringing anybody down or up. Mm. You're not like a team. You're just yourself and you're only ever competing against yourself or mm-hmm. uh, so I think they tend to be very supportive uh, in a really nice way hmm. 
I think they can still get into those sort of exclusivity of like the people who are really at the top, you know, levels and, and people who are newer. But um, I think they're, they're very supportive of people who are coming into and like, oh, you, you did this for the first time. Like, that's awesome. You right. Know, like, the, I think they have a really nice, uh, I mean, they have other bits that are, are weird and toxic. I, I've seen sure. <laughs> I've seen them not be great with like the five girls that come into the gym. Right. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but, I feel like that that's probably true of a lot of like individual sports, right. Or like individual, like exercise type things where like the people who are into it are super into it and want to see more people get into it. So they're like going to encourage you to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, and I, I that was something with swing dancing where, uh, people, wanted you know beginners to get over this fear of asking you know better you know intermediate or, or advanced uh dancers to to dance because mm -hmm. that's how you learn and and they want more people in the community they want to support you know so like nobody's gonna really turn you down for for right. not not being the, the best dancer in the room like people mm -hmm. dance with you if you're a beginner um but also i mean sometimes you just want to hang out with your friends and you, you know, you, you don't want to like put in the effort all the time. So, you know, it's okay to say no as well. Right. Um, but I do think that there is underlying that kind of, um, that feeling that like, oh yeah, it's good for the community if, if we all kind of, um, collaborate or like kind of mingle together and we, we don't separate ourselves, but also like it, it is a thing that happens. If you've been dancing for 10 years and, and you know, these little you know group of people and you like dancing with them sometimes you just want to have a beer and hang out with your friends and chit chat and probably chit chat more than dance and <laughs> you know like you're tired right yeah i mean fair enough i feel like there's there's going to be that kind of in everything right like the seasoned people might occasionally just want to relax right and and i it's hard for you know newer people to come and, and look at that and and not feel like oh they they're so you know uh, isolated and mm. you know elitist that they they don't want to kind of um, you know lower themselves to to asking you know, me to dance or something like that. But right. yeah, uh, that, you know, that's fair. So it goes. Yeah, and I see that same kind of politics that that plays in improv as well. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think I think it, I see it playing out in improv a lot because it's a like performance based thing and like there's limited numbers of performance slots, right? Like you're gonna, you're gonna have kind of a competitiveness. You're gonna have a bit of a, you can't sit with us because the people higher up are going to want stage time, right? Yeah, I guess you are kind of competing for some of the same places. Right. Um, I always, I liked uh, doing aerial stuff and we had like student shows and I, there are definitely people who do like aerial, like, a, and when I say aerial, I mean like circ, uh performance, like the silks and uh, trapeze. And, yeah. Um, not uh, giving up your voice stuff. to a evil squid. Okay. Yeah. No, not being a, a small mermaid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, there are places that, that do this like a really extreme sort of way, but um, the, my friend's, ran a, like a little school and it was very community theater feeling right and um it, it had that really great kind of supportive uh feel like 
you know, nobody was really like everybody was excited if somebody could do a new thing or like, oh my god, your your splits are getting like crazy or you know, like there wasn't a competitive aspect to it and right. there wasn't a, a drive to be like you have to be like professional level at this to to do it or to get on stage or to you know, whatever. It was just right. like a student show and people performed and if you wanted to and yeah. Uh, everybody gotta practice it together and <laughs> You know, I thought that was a really nice, um, but I, I could see how they probably have some more intense places that do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think at the end of the day, like anything that you get into, like you're going to have some intense people. Like, I, I just think yeah. that's, there's no avoiding that. Like even like Animal Crossing, right? Like everyone is tweeting about Animal Crossing right now because it's the perfect quarantine game. And uh, <laughs> as someone who's been playing Animal Crossing games in an intense way for nearly two decades now (laughs) i like i will say even i for this new one am like trying to play it in a more relaxed way and i get exhausted when i see people who like are playing it as intensely as i played the last one right where i'm like you guys can just chill i kind of think the best subcultures are the ones that are focused around a thing that has no social cachet whatsoever Hmm. does that exist Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you're, um, you know, like, D&D, it doesn't get you anywhere. Like, being good at D&D really, I mean, it, it might kind of get you somewhere in a very small community, but in the larger world of things, like, you know, people get into you know, improv or something at Second City at L.A. and want to be on SNL or want right. to be like a TV writer or, you know, like if you're good enough at that thing, there's maybe something you can sort of parlay that into that mm-hmm. causes like a really in- intensity um, that that doesn't make it like a community thing anymore. It becomes like a development sort of thing to like mm. get you to that next echelon. Sure, yeah. But if the activity is like puzzles, like that gets you fuck all in life. <laughs> Unless you start going to puzzle tournaments, I guess, but I'm sure there's people who are like crazy nuts and tense about it, but yeah. in the larger thing, like you, you, you can't delude yourself into thinking like this is going to change my life for the better. This mm. is just like flat out a thing I enjoy doing, and I'm slightly embarrassed to tell people about sure. it. Yeah, you know, like I only do it for the love of doing the thing and <laughs> and nothing else because no one else cares. Yeah, I think I don't have any of those yet. I think everything that I do, I do with at least a little bit of an eye outward. Like I was thinking about that because um, <clears throat> the the most recent thing that I've like gotten into in a new way is like food and cooking. Like I've always cooked. I've always been into food and I've always been into cooking. But I feel like especially during the quarantine, I've been putting a whole lot more time and effort into it. I've been like trying to like ignore my phone while I'm in the kitchen cooking and sort of like treat it like a thing you know and Mm -hmm. uh and like I do that you know primarily because it is yummy but there's definitely an element of like I want to plate it well so that I can get the right Instagram photo of it and I want (laughs) to like you know I I actually have a group thread on like Facebook Messenger with um our guest for this episode, Sam Houghton, and uh, a few of our other friends uh, that we grew up with. And, like, one of the other guys in there cooks a lot, too. And we're, like, almost always going back and forth, sharing our dinners with each other and being like, hey, I made this, like, really nice, like, I I made some really nice chicken legs 
last night using the like sauce recipe that you recommended to me and it turned out really great (laughs) and like hey i'm having trouble with my pizza dough any tips about how to make the dough work properly actually yeah try doing this this and this and like having those sort of conversations suddenly of like oh realizing there's like a community around home cooking has been really really cool for me yeah and i yeah i mean i think that can be fine and i i do think that sometimes a little bit of internal um competition can be you know good you know like that like oh getting that push like it'll be really fun when i i make this really elaborate thing and i put it up on social media right. and my friends are like oh wow that that's really cool and then you know you kind of inspire and, and push uh, each other which you know i think that's that's a nice thing yeah but i, I mean i i have some friends that are like super super crazy like high end with that kind of thing right and and you look at it you're like well just come on come on <laughs> why i'm so glad you foraged your own mushrooms and made some sort of <laughs> martini out of it and... <laughs> no i don't know i uh, hope not i do have a friend that that is foraging a lot of mushrooms and making a lot of gourmet meals <laughs> i love him dearly but like every time i look at him I'm just like jesus <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do. We're in a we're in a pandemic. If you have to get your mushrooms from, you know, your backyard, that's oh, that's what sure you got to do. I don't think he has to. Oh man, <laughs> on backyards, I uh, we have to wrap up in a minute, so I shouldn't go on a tangent, but I'm gonna go on a tangent. We um, sure. before we found out we were able to stay in our house, um, the only apartment that we like actually went to look at, uh, I went to check out the other day, and. Um, it was really it was very nice everything about it was great except the room dimensions were all small like the uh the room that would have had to become the studio was uh in fact smaller than the sound booth so i don't know how i was gonna make that happen (laughs) um and like so we ultimately just were like we really liked this place but like we didn't realize how small the rooms were sorry um but that place the main thing it had going for it was a beautiful backyard where i could have barbecued and you know as happy as i am to not have to move this summer and to like not have to uproot my family and lose the house that we've like you know been growing up in for the past four years i am uh gonna miss the potential of having a backyard where i can barbecue it can be and especially now that we're all locked in i'm i'm kind of looking at people with backyards going like you slut i know (laughs) (laughs) we we went and hung out in our alley today for like half an hour (laughs) we walked up and down the alley the kids kicked a ball a little bit and uh i think this summer i'm gonna get a grill and leave it in the garage and roll it out into the alley every time i want to use it (laughs) just to go on one one last little weird tangent it just reminded me of um uh, one of my best friends here this is way back like when we were in college i remember he looked at this um it was a garden apartment you know so it's like underground uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the ceilings were really low and he's very very tall and <laughs> he walked in and he said they had a ceiling fan and it was at his eye level yeah <laughs> no yeah this place this place had that situation exactly there were two rooms that had ceiling fans that were at my forehead level um 
and one the the basement um had ceilings that were exactly seven feet tall but had exposed pipes hanging down from them that were about (laughs) as tall as my chin (laughs) so the whole time i was down there i was like crouching and i was like this is a really nice basement though i'm gonna feel this in my legs tomorrow but this basement is beautiful but you're not like i mean you're not short but you're like not like i am exactly extraordinary you're not extraordinarily tall yeah i am i am six (laughs) foot on the nose which by the strictest definition for a male-bodied person is the bottom of tall yeah well you're taller than i thought you were actually but i uh, slouch i guess so I'm realizing I'm very bad at, at, at recognizing heights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm apparently bad at recognizing room dimensions because I got back from looking at that apartment <laughs> and I was like, it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. And Teffer texted the, the potential landlord of that place and was like, can you send over the room dimensions? And then showed me the text and I was like, I am a fool. I am an idiot. We cannot move there. <laughs> it's hard to tell when they're all empty. They, yeah. Rooms always look big when they're empty. <laughs> well, like to my credit, these rooms did look small. But in my mind, they looked smaller than our rooms here, which are very big, um, but still usable. And I was just wrong about half of that. <laughs> anyway, we should uh, we should wrap up. Do you have any final words for uh, for Kendallin? Uh No, I, I like this question though. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about kind of subcultures, and mm-hmm. and it's it's weird how how much um, when you find these little pocket communities. Um, how similar they are despite whatever it is that bring the people together Mm. um because like you'd be shocked how much you know like 20 year old boys doing parkour and probably teenage boys too uh are similar to people who are swing dancing like it's it's weirdly the same yeah um (laughs) no i think that makes sense yeah but in in just crazy ways that you really wouldn't think of but I, i think they're really um they're great things to be a part of hmm. and uh, I, I think everybody should find their their thing yeah find a lot of things just do things that's a fun that's solid advice <laughs> try a lot of different stuff that seems interesting to you and yeah. stick with whatever sticks yeah and, and you know what it probably isn't even the activity that keeps you doing it it's probably the people you find there that that keep you going totally <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks, Adrian. Do you have anything to plug or uh, just going to go take a bath? Yeah, I can plug my bath. Um, <laughs> That's a good idea, actually, because otherwise I think it's technically a sitting shower. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to uh, continue my bath. I'm in a towel now. So. <laughs> well, good talking to you. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. See ya. And that brings us to the end of our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, again consider supporting us on patreon or sharing the episode with a friend on your social media leaving us a rating review on your podcast podge catcher on your podge catcher you need to catch some podge the best way to do it is by leaving us a rating review um yeah it's just nice to know that people are listening and enjoying it um if you want we have merch uh we're getting pretty soon i don't know exactly when but soon you'll actually be able to buy um masks for like you know leaving the house and going to the grocery store with uh with our designs on them from our friends over at t public i don't know exactly when those are going to be available in the store um but they're working on getting them rolled out as soon as possible so keep checking back Uh, and in the meantime if you want you can get shirts and mugs and stickers and laptop cases and all that good stuff um by clicking the merch link in the description um yeah 
So keep an eye out for those masks. I'm <laughs> I'm probably going to order a couple for myself just because I think it would be fun to like. I, I basically only leave the house now wearing my Up for Discussion hoodie, and I feel like it'd be really funny to wear my Up for Discussion hoodie and also an Up for Discussion mask at the same time, and then everyone will just be like, this guy's got a brand or something. Um, maybe that's actually really tacky and terrible, but it's a quarantine. If there was ever a time to be tacky and terrible, it is now. Um, you can also follow us on the social medias at Down With Talking and like our page on Facebook. Um, the only thing that I want to plug right now is that the day this comes out, there will also be a brand new episode of my other show, Natural Toonie, uh, which is my D&D podcast. Um, it's uh, real silly. This most recent episode includes, uh, how do I even, uh, my character has violent diarrhea, so everyone else goes to look for some emodium. And uh, yeah, I think <laughs> if you've been listening to this show for a long time, you know that that may or may not be based on a true story. Um, so if that sounds interesting to you, check out Natural Toonie uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I want to give a special thanks uh, for one last time to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music all these years. You can find their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. And for the first time ever, I want to give a special thanks to the Honeythorns for letting us use their song Crack Apart as our new theme music, uh, which you're going to hear when I shut up in a minute. And you can find all of their music for sale at thehoneythorns.bandcamp.com. Thanks again to Adrian and to Sam for calling in for this episode. And this show was produced and edited by me, the newly no longer stressed Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Here's the Honeythorns with Crack Apart, our new theme music. We're going to play the entire track at the end here so you can get the whole thing. And then next week, it'll just be the 30 second clip that you're used to. Bye-bye.
I'm Teffer. I'm Caddy. And I'm Hannah. And we are the Yeah Podcast. Join us as we dig into young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA Lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.